Welcome, everyone. Today is July 9th, 2020, and I'm Mike. And I'm Brian. And this is what got our attention. Uh, before we start, I guess let's talk about a little bit of what we've been gaming on this week. Um, I've been hung up on Satisfactory, uh, which is a industrial craft, uh, realistic, more Minecraft than, uh, than I actually expected or wanted. Um, unfortunately, these are the kind of games that uh, get under my skin and I can't stop playing them. Uh, I know we've been playing a little bit this week, and it's been it's been a very fun uh, experience, along with the the first person aspect where you're actually able to explore and do the survival kind of thing. Um, but outside of that, I've also played some raft and uh, also a little bit of Astroneer. A ton of satisfaction. Yeah, I mean you're you're downplaying it there. You played many many hours. <laughs> I played many hours yesterday to the point where uh, I was remiss and did not do some of the things that I needed to to prepare for today's show. So I had to hurry up and do that during today because uh, that thing, man, it gets you and and it, it's fun because you know we were playing uh, with another friend that goes by Secret Asian Man and. It was interesting that we actually fell into these archetypes where you were the engineer right. and you, you walked around and wanted to build everything. And, uh, you know, he was, he was like our researcher. He was like going out and getting samples and researching them and getting new technology for us. And I was like the analyst cause, uh, the, the depth in this game is, was pretty amazing for something that we, you know, like most people would think were like, Oh, it's a prettier Minecraft or something like that. Cause there's crafting yeah, and in still it. Early and digging. Access, and still early access. Yes. Uh, but it, it was nice being able to come up to a machine and I'm like, Hey Mike, this machine outputs 60 units per minute, but the machine you're feeding it into to make the next part only does 30 per minute. So why don't we split the conveyor belt and send it to two of those at the same time. And then right. we, you know, we're being the most efficient. Uh, it, I mean, the machines even had a little graph on them or not graph, but I mean, at least a little readout that told you how efficient they were being, which was, just ridiculous and that, that was, was the demise cool. of brian <laughs> yeah uh so, yeah it's been a lot of fun admittedly i also played some raft uh, i played a little bit before you did i was really happy that you got into it. Uh, it it it's not gonna it's not gonna sink its teeth into you quite the same as satisfactory has been doing i see what but... you did there if uh, if you never played raft if those who are listening uh, raft is basically just that idea you are basically living my worst nightmare. You're floating in the ocean on a two by two raft and uh, occasionally a huge great white shark swims underneath you. Uh, so it's, it's one of those anxiety moments where as you're floating, there's nothing around you, just complete ocean. Um, there's some items that kind of come to you and that's how you kind of start building your raft a little bit more. But uh, every occasionally uh, the shark gets hungry and starts to start eating your raft. So if, uh, if you don't move quick, uh, you'll have no raft eventually and you will be in the ocean by yourself. Hey, at least you can poke them with a stick, get them to go away. Once you build a stick. <laughs> yeah. Once you build a stick. Uh, I, I've mostly been playing, playing those two. Uh, also, I did uh, play some more uh, Just Shapes and Beats. Love that game. Great musical uh, rhythm game. Uh, but it's it's not just a rhythm. It's a rhythm game in the fact that you have to like pay attention to the beats, but you're not like... You're not doing a rock band or a guitar hero type rhythm game. It's a bullet hell type game with just stuff flying all over the place. Uh, but they are, that is all time to the beat of the music. So, right. you know, you know what's coming based on certain sounds that are happening in the music and you're able to dodge it. And 
I was able to play that through the second half all the way through to the ending uh, and got that all up on YouTube. But heck of a game. Very fun. Sweet. Okay, so uh, why don't we get into the news? Uh, Wanted to start off with the news today with an interesting thing coming up, uh, which is Ubisoft this weekend. In fact, Sunday the 12th is going to have an event that they're calling Ubisoft Forward. And initially what they said was, hey, uh, we're going to show a new trailer that's uh, teasing Watch Dogs Legion, a game I'm very excited to uh, you know see some more on. It's something I'm interested in playing in. Uh, also, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. What was interesting that just happened uh, somewhat recently is that it also leaked out that they're going to be showing Far Cry 6 there. What? Right. And uh, the, actually, there's an actor in it that is also one of the actors uh, that would played in Breaking Bad. Uh, I think, Mike, I think you saw the tweet on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that is um, it's going to be actor uh, Juan Carlo Esposito. Uh, he's the actor who played Gus uh, Fring in the Breaking Bad series. Uh, one of the, the notorious um, enemies that I've ever seen in a show uh, that could give you the fear by just giving you the very nice, calm stature and like almost like the uh like you better go do this because i'm your dad and you don't <laughs> want to see me angry type face and, and that's what i get from it. but uh it's great to see that it looks like he's going to be the new villain in the new far cry 6 so I, i'm actually looking forward to that and see what's going to happen there yeah it does sound very exciting and it looks like ubisoft confirmed all this because they essentially sent out a tweet that said anton would not be pleased see you sunday for ubisoft Ford. and anton it looks like is probably going to be uh, you know, his character in Far Cry 6. Uh, but I, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of this Watch Dogs Legion. I was excited for it uh, when they first announced it. I thought it was a good evolution of the Watch Dogs game that, uh, you know, has been getting better through all the iterations. This is going to be the third uh, main one, and it's going to be taking place in the UK. Uh, it's going to be this Dicetopian future UK that's like, really had some problems and broken down a lot and become a police state after Brexit. Uh, because of course, when they started creating this game, they thought, you know, Brexit's the worst that's going to happen. <laughs> much and, to you know, our surprise. Much to our surprise. You know, who, who knew that uh, the division and the division two were going to be much closer to the future of what actually was happening versus, right. uh, you know, watchdogs. Um, <laughs> but no watchdogs, uh, looks like they're keeping a lot of the good hacking stuff. They've got a lot of good stuff with drones in it, both, uh, police controlled drones with weapons, uh, and drones that are uh, on your side. Uh, they're going to be able to, they're continuing to work in the fact that you don't necessarily have to shoot your way out of every situation that, you know, your, your hacking is very important here and that your hacking, you know, is, it might allow you to like just, turn off security systems so it's so that you don't even have to have necessarily be stealth versus you know your hacking just allows you to walk in much like the the hitman series much like the hitman series where you have multiple different ways to be able to solve the problems one other thing though one incentive to actually watch this when they do it on sunday 
uh, July 12th, is that if you log on to your Ubisoft account, possibly the game launcher, I'm not sure which, but if you log into your Ubisoft account, while this show is going on, they're going to give you a free copy of Watch Dogs 2. Nice. Yeah. So we're going to get I, a free... Uh, I'm all about some free games. <laughs> and I and I heard actually Watch Dogs 2 was a heck of improvement over the first one. Had a lot of good story in it. Uh, very good, interesting characters. And even addressing things like, you know, uh, you know, there's just a mission where you're like trying to get into this tech company that is called noodle. It's obviously fashioned after a real life tech company that does search engines. And, uh, you know, you're going in there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, you're going in there with another, um, character and, you know, it, it really touches on like being a, you know, black employee in a large corporation that is mostly white employees and white, uh, you know, management. So, I heard a lot of good things about Watch Dogs too. So if anything, just check it out and get the free game and then find out what's coming in the future. Yeah. Um, well, much like uh, the future as uh, Watch Dogs is uh, apparently going in is uh, we have the COVID pandemic still. And uh, I've talked about this before. Well, we actually, we've covered a bunch of the different conventions. Uh, we've already talked about PAX and how they're going virtually online as they're not going to be able to host uh, an actual convention this year. Um, but much like that, uh, Dragon Con here in Atlanta has also announced officially that they're canceling uh, the 2020 convention uh, due to the COVID pandemic. Um, it was kind of interesting to see that this actually was announced officially, uh, because like we said before, um, we're in Seattle with PAX. Uh, they usually wait for that for, uh, force majeure to kind of happen uh, to where, you know, the state has to come in or the city has to say, hey, there's just no way you're not going to be able to do this. And uh, in this sense here in Georgia, that, that hasn't really happened. Um, so they, it looks to be that after, um, they allowed earlier, I think it was earlier this month or, or I'm sorry, last month now, um, that they allowed uh, the people who had bought memberships for this year, that they could start rolling those over to next year if they didn't feel comfortable coming. And, uh, I guess with the numbers of them being able to see the people who already purchased those, uh, memberships, um, moving those to next year, along with, you know, obviously the, the social media aspect where people were already talking and, you know, there's a lot of active information on the, on the, the Facebook page for uh, Dragon Con. And uh, I guess they went ahead and just bit the bullet and decided to uh, just go ahead and pull the event from this year and uh, and just, you know, money lost or whatever. But it was a better incentive to, to you know, hold off this year, uh, keep everybody safe for the aspect of public health and public safety. And uh, they've actually announced, though, that they're going to try to do a live streamed convention this year, and which will be totally free. Uh, but we don't have any more information on that as of right now. Um, they said, you know, more information coming up in the, the next few weeks. Yeah, that's where I'm really interested is because uh, typically PAX West in Seattle and Dragon Con are Labor Day weekend. Same dates. Always. Yep. Every year. Uh, I've been to both. I'm a fan of both. Uh, uh, very different conventions, but still a fan of both. Very. Uh, <laughs> and it was interesting to see that PAX Online, uh, when they announced that they announced what dates it were going to be. And they actually, they pushed it out further. They pushed it deeper into September. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Dragon Con keeps some of the same dates so that then they're not overlapping and people will be able to, you know, be able to watch the streams from both of those just by the fact that they're different dates. Yeah. So another thing with, um, with Dragon Con, I know it's, it's really not a a game uh, focused kind of convention, 
But over the last few years, they've been working with uh, their partners, MomoCon here in Atlanta, and they've actually been bringing in a lot of uh, new tabletop and a lot of um, actually Japanese arcades that you can't really play anywhere else unless you're in Japan. So uh, it's kind of nice to see that kind of stuff happening. So unfortunately, uh, you won't be able to physically be there this year to be able to play those games. Um, but I'm wondering um, kind of see what they'll do as far as the, the streaming aspect of those items, if that's going to be something they'll, they'll try to incorporate or uh, maybe do some tabletop uh, tabletop simulator for some of the games they have. I'm sure there's going to be some you know game makers that want to still be able to bring the new games and the new uh, sure. new material. Like we even saw that uh, that uh, Dungeon Dragons type uh, uh, expansion, not really expansion. It was like a side type of game that works with 5e. And uh, that company was really cool. And they were there being able to hand it out last year. And, you know, this year it's not going to be like that. So uh, we'll just have to see, you know, words to come. Uh, they'll, they'll let us know here soon. Yeah, being one that's used to gaming conventions, uh, I still found plenty that was interesting and enjoyable at Dragon Con uh, and just enjoyed the con for itself. Uh, the the only thing, and, and I'm very happy that they decided to go to an online format for this year instead of just, you know, canceling and doing nothing. <laughs> E3. Um, and the, the only thing that, uh, it just seemed that PAX held out longer before announcing that they were canceled, probably because they wanted to provide more information when they canceled. Whereas Dragon Con didn't, it didn't seem like they provided as much information as PAX Online did. Now, in all reality, the only real difference was that PAX Online said what dates they were going to have it and that they were going to do 24-7 streaming because they're combining both Seattle and Australia, two different sides of the world. So they were able to do that. Uh, I'm not expecting Dragon Con, of course, to do 24-7 streaming, but, uh, you know, I was still kind of expecting some dates out of it. And, and in, again, in all reality, the level of information of those two announcements was almost identically the same. It's just right. PAX Online seemed to put a little bit little bit more fluff in it where it seemed like they were providing a lot more information or a more complete package of information to the people that were looking for it. But I'm excited for both. I am really, really interested to see how this goes on in September. Right. Now, talking about other cancellations, uh, certainly... A cancellation that was like the bearer of bad news this week. We're just like bombing with all these cancellations. But right. And this is, is kind of a double cancellation because, you know, we're talking about cancellations due to COVID. Well, this one's not quite as pleasant because you see the Evolution Championship Series fighting game tournament was already canceled due to COVID. And then they like Dragon Con, like PAX Online said, hey, we're going to do this online event. And there were lots of excited people. And uh, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more in a minute is, is why this is so sad. But um, it, it is overshadowed by this second cancellation that now the online event is canceled. Uh, and it is because that the EVO co-founder and organizer, Joey, Mr. Wizard, Cellar or Qlar, I'm, I have not heard his name said out loud, so I might be pronouncing that wrong, was actually had allegations against him for sexual misconduct uh, quite some time in the past, possibly with a minor as well. So it's a really bad, bad situation. Uh, EVO, for what it's worth, they immediately ousted him as the CEO. He's And they're cutting ties with him completely. 
The company is going to wow. have nothing to do with this man. And it seems like there might be some truth to this matter too, because he had, uh, you know, Mr. Wizard got out there and himself and, and basically said, Hey, this was some time in my past. And, uh, I, it was, a you know, I did bad things back in the past, basically, you know, what he said in his tweet. And, uh, you know, I've been trying to be a better man since. So it seemed like he admitted to yeah, it. It's not really saving yourself on that one. That's, that's kind of admitting guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And goodness knows that if it, if it did happen and it seems like it did that trying to save yourself is the wrong move anyway. Right. So yeah, you know, Evo, uh, this is per the ESPN article. I mean, this was so big that ESPN reported on this. Yeah, esports are definitely a thing now. It's 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 funny. Like, uh, I have a lot of people that still go like, "Those are just video games. There's no way that those can be actual sports." But I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we're at the level that you like you said that you're on ESPN. You're seeing these things streamed live. I mean, there's been pictures I've seen even on Reddit. Um, I like to play Rocket League a lot. Some of the games that I'm really into, and I like to follow it. Um, and well, there was a picture on the Rocket League Reddit that it was basically like a, a Rocket League tournament playing in the middle of the Chili's and yeah, it's exactly. on the TVs and everybody's in there watching it. It's just that's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to do a couple of quotes from this ESPN article. Definitely check it out if you're interested. Uh, you know, EVO is the largest fighting game event in the world. They did this cancellation on Thursday. Uh, this was kind of happening all, all Thursday and which is why we didn't report on it. Cause it was just a live acting, constantly moving story. You know, it started by, you know, the allegations coming out on Twitter. Um, this, uh, Joey Kular, you know, responding to them and very, very quickly, there was some responses from some people involved in Evo, uh, like Sonic Fox, which is one of the major competitors said, um, I cannot in good conscience participate in an event with allegations from one of the primary hosts of said event. Uh, it just doesn't sit right with me. It's one of the things he said very quickly. Some of the people that were, uh, the, uh, announcers, some of the announcers quickly said that they're not going to be involved in it as well. And then almost immediately after that, Capcom, the makers of Street Fighter V, pulled out. Uh, Bandai Namco, the creators of Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which was going to be there, pulled out. And Tekken 7 pulled, you know, they also do Tekken 7 that pulled out. NetherRealm Studios, which produced Mortal Kombat 11, announced they weren't going to do it. And there was even this brand new game that was, you know, a much smaller game. is Them's Fighting Herds. That's H-E-R-D-S. Because uh, it was these fighting animals... Uh, with the art done by the same artist that did My Little Pony. Uh, and there are oh, some wow. horses in there, among other things. And it ended up being a good fighting game. And because it had good net code, it was in this EVO, you know, online event or EVO, really. And it, it's it's just so sad that the actions of this man ended up causing... You know, I, I will not in any way, shape or form defend this man. And what he did is despicable or what he's accused of doing. I don't have, I, I'm not there. I don't have all the facts. Uh, but, you know, some of the other things is like, there was people that can't normally go to Evo because it's a physical location. 
And whether they're in a different country and they don't have the funds to travel here, or they're in a country where they can't travel here or can't easily travel here, or even people within our own country that just didn't have the funds to go to it, having Evo Online was fantastic for them because that gave them the ability to like be part of this competition, which they normally wouldn't be part of, you know, even regardless of whether they're good or not. Uh, There was uh, one of the guys I listened to a podcast. He was practicing them's fighting herds and he, he plays fighting games and he's reasonably good at them. And he's like, I don't think I'll get past the first round. Maybe I'll get to the third round just because there's other people like me who normally would not be able to compete in this at all that they're competing in it. And, you know, he'll have a couple of people maybe that he's matched up against that are near his skill level. So he has a chance to like at least go a round or two. And now, you know, it's, it's completely canceled. And he, even when he heard about the stuff, he was like, well, I'm not going to be competing himself. So he was right there with everybody else. It's the right decision. I agree. It's the right decision. Canceling it. I just hope that the new CEO, which is Tony Cannon, he was the other co-founder of Evo. I hope that he understands what making it online meant to all these people. So maybe next year, in additional to Evo being a physical event, maybe they will continue this online event as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where everybody is starting to see the light, I guess you could say, uh, for having these online events. I mean, COVID kind of is, is as... Uh, as sad as it is with the COVID world and what it's actually done, you know, taking people's lives and a lot of people being sick and losing family members and all of those kind of thing. Um, at the same time, it's kind of shown light to, to positive uh, to where people are starting to know, like, you don't, you know, I don't have to go out and spend a lot of money. I don't have to, you know, go to work all the time, driving in and sitting in a cubicle. I don't have to go to this convention. That's literally across the map. Like you're saying, I can and, cook uh, my own I meals. I can do it online. Yeah, I can I can literally just go online and, and attend it and right now for free. But I mean, that may change in the future, but but it's yeah. still a good aspect to be able to do that. And uh, we'll see what happens. It may change a lot of things. I mean, E3 will probably learn from that. Um, Agreed. So the next thing we've got here is, uh, unfortunately, another story where uh, this time um, it was a, a Twitter post that came out from uh, it was actually originally posted by BabyZone. Is, uh, is a, current, a content creator who posted a video. Uh, it looks to be a Mortal Kombat f- footage that he did a deep fake on. And with that, he uh, you know he has his logos plastered all over, it. and it's 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 obviously you know a deep fake. It's not meant to be real or anything. Uh, but the post that he had was it was at um, IGN in IGN Brazil uh, because uh, what he says, and I'll read the Twitter post. It says uh, uploading my deep fake videos to your Facebook page without authorization after trying to cut my watermark on using yours in place is called stealing. I spent over three weeks making each deep fake and you just used it to make money. Shame. Hashtag Mortal Kombat 11, hashtag Mortal Kombat. And, uh, of course, immediately, um, IGN responded, IGN Brazil responded and they said, uh, hello, baby zone. Uh, from the IGN Brazil team, we are deeply sorry for this. Uh, we understand our mistakes and we deleted the video. This is not going to happen anymore. We are committed to mention uh, individual creators when we share videos of, of there in the future. Uh, the interesting part, this is not the first time that IGN has been caught stealing other people's material. Uh, back in uh, 2017, I believe, uh, there was a case where they uh, posted an article of, it was... Um, it was a review for, I think it's Dead Cells. 
And in that, uh, they basically, you know, had this nice review of Dead Cells about what, you know, what it looked like and, you know, the, the different aspects of playing it and how it was, how it was about. But then uh, at, after a little bit, it was Boomstick Gaming uh, put out a video on his YouTube, which is a contract creator who posted a video a week before that. And it was a, a video of him speaking about watching both videos side by side. And he's basically like he hit play on his video and you would hear him talking about the game and how uh, the art style is and just, you know, whatever he was doing for the review. And he'd pause it and then he'd go click the IGN video and hit play. And then it would be the same sentence. It was the same exact sentence. The only thing is different. It was it was a, another person saying those words. And uh, so he kind of he didn't really know what to do. He kind of posted the video to kind of just say, like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is crazy. And uh, a lot of uh, attention got back to IGN. And uh, IGN basically said that, uh, you know, they were also deeply sorry. It turns out they had a, uh, um, I think it was Philip um, Munin. I think you know this story. I think you probably remember Yeah, I actually, I actually remember a lot about this because, and and I didn't even associate it with this until you brought this up and started talking about it uh, when we were going over stuff, you know, before the show and everything. And I was like, because see, I never associated it with IGN. And it's and it's a shame that some of this stuff got associated with IGN because IGN works with contractors and they contracted out to this Philip guy, uh, and he had produced this, you know, video for them. Now, yeah, you should you should you should vet your contractors. You should take a look at the work they've done and try to make sure that they don't plagiarize because it ends right. up that they didn't do a good job vetting this guy because this guy they went back and they looked at all his a bunch of his old videos the internet did the the collective <laughs> as it were uh they went back and our detectives at, yeah called the collective defect de- detectives uh yeah they they uh they found plenty of videos that he had done the exact same thing and it was near word for word or if it wasn't word for word he just put in a synonym instead you know instead of right. awesome he'd be like fantastic you know and but was just and almost shot for shot too. And basically stole a whole bunch of reviews before he had worked for IGN. So IGN, uh, to give him credit, at least for that 2017 one, they cut ties with him immediately. I think they, they, yeah, they removed all of his content from their site. They just completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they actually um, quote unquote parted ways with, uh, <laughs> with Mustin over this incident. Uh, the interesting part, though, uh, on this one, like we said, like it was like verbatim. If you watch the video, it's on the Boomstick Gaming. He's got it on his YouTube. Uh, but it's uh, like word for word, like literally. I mean, like you said, some synonyms are, are uh, synonyms are changed uh, just because yeah, that's what he does. But uh, like with this video that they posted for Mortal Kombat, it's like they had like a a junior level editor, and uh, they they you could still even see in the video like some of Boom or not Boom, uh, some of Baby, like kind of like you can see the word in the corner of. The, picture and uh it's like they kind of cropped it to try to hide it but they did a really bad job at it and uh it was just interesting to see that they would do that um one of the interesting things though that one of the um the comments i read on the reddit article about this is uh is that you know these aren't this isn't content that either one of those own and like how can you be upset that you know this art this this stuff has been passed around and yeah i understand you're a content creator and yes you did the deep fake and that does take time and and it's interesting but it's really, you know, Mortal Kombat, the one that should be saying like, hey, what are you guys doing posting our content everywhere? But, you know, it is funny. Yeah. And some of it is covered under fair use, where if you make uh, content that is derivative of the original enough that, that you know, 
is different enough than, uh, and you do creative additions to it, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of fair use as well. Uh, but you know, it doesn't sound like IGN did fair use. They just did a straight up copy of the guy's work (laughs) and even tried to hide it. And so it'll be interesting to see how that one falls out as well. Right. Well, so the last thing I want to talk about was there was this article and it looks like, uh, it looks like the article came out from video game Chronicle or video games Chronicle, uh, which reported that the Xbox uh, originally it was reported as Xbox is requiring people to do essentially forward compatibility. That's telling developers that players must be able to upgrade their current gen games to Xbox Series X versions as DLC, uh, uh, which is, which is interesting because Microsoft has made no bones about this. They've said from the beginning, "Hey, we as Microsoft and our publishers and you know our first party publishers, we're going to make sure that the games we're releasing that you can buy on the Xbox One, you're going to be able to play them on the Xbox Series X or the Xbox Series S, which is going to be the other one they release." with what's called smart delivery. So it's going to do things like uh, deliver lower resolution textures for like the Xbox One and higher resolution textures for the Xbox Series X, along with other things, you know, like maybe turning on and off certain code based on the amount of CPU power. And other game companies have come out and said they're doing similar things. EA is going to do theirs a little bit differently, but they're going to be able to do the same thing where there's this forwards compatibility, something that is not completely unheard of in the console industry, but is still relatively, uh, you know, new, at least for how mainstream this is going to be. And even Cyberpunk 2077 that we said in, uh, you know, the last week's episode, we're saying, you know, is going to be in, you know, both the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 and the Xbox uh, One and the Xbox Series X. So when I was reading the article, they said they basically said, oh, they had a contact in a publisher that told them this. And they don't really go into more detail. Okay, I get it. You have a contact. And yeah, you can't say who that contact is. Otherwise, that publisher gets in trouble. But I mean, what if that publisher was one of the the Microsoft-owned first-party publishers? Well, of course, they're being told that, that it's a requirement. I mean, every, every other article that I read that was basically referencing this first article used words like encourages or requests, you know, as far as Microsoft. Yeah. As far as my, as opposed to like requiring, you know, publishers to make their games forward compatible. So I'm taking this one with a grain of salt. I don't necessarily think it's going to end up this way. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening. I'll be interested to see, you know, what we hear in the next couple of months. Cause you know, even PlayStation, uh, Sony came out and said, Hey, all the games made after this date must have a PlayStation 5 version. Like you can't make a game just for the PlayStation 4 and license on their system. Uh, it was, you know, something along those lines. They, they're like, hey, you got to be at least provide both. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that that's exactly what happened. I'll be interested to see what this is going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think they should require that you know publishers have to do this because I mean, it's it's one thing to have a game where like Cyberpunk, like we want to keep talking about because everybody wants to talk about it, everybody <laughs> wants to play it. 
But it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I like the fact that Project Zero Red said, hey, we we are going to, if you buy the game on PlayStation 4, uh, you'll automatically get a copy on PlayStation 5. I think that's a great thing. And I think a lot of publishers should do that. I, I think that'd be recommended. Because uh, if I buy the game on PlayStation 4 and, you know, I'm thinking about potentially buying a PlayStation 5, I'm not going to wait, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy a PlayStation 5 right away knowing I have to buy the Cyberpunk again. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm buying Cyberpunk as soon as it comes out. So yep. I'm not going to wait till PlayStation 5 to, to figure that out. <laughs> so having that option of being able to, you know, get the console and then be able to backport some of those, you know, get those games that I've already paid for, because that's, you know, 60 bucks here, 60 bucks there. Uh, and who knows what, what else they may, may come out by that time. Uh, so it's, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, backwards compatibility. Yeah, backwards compatibility has been around with us for a long time. I mean, even PlayStation Three had some chips in it to be able to play PlayStation Two games. Uh, you know, the Xbox uh, Three Hundred and Sixty had backwards compatibility playing games that were on the Xbox, and they've you know both companies have done nothing but improve that throughout all of this. So, uh, so yeah, it's good to see that. Uh, they're taking it to the next level and not just doing backwards compatibility, but also doing this forwards compatibility that, you know, you're going to release a game. Please make sure it is compatible on the next version. Okay. So at this point, we're going to take a break and play an ad. Uh, we ask that, uh, you know, you listen to it. It only takes about a minute or so, and then we'll be right back. Every little bit like this does help us. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in a moment. And we're back. Uh, now we're going to get into our next segment, which is the short attention span uh, articles that we're going to touch on for real quickly. Uh, the, uh, the first one we've got on our plate today is Animal Crossing Sea of Thieves? Question <laughs> mark. Uh, basically, there's a new update that's coming out where you're going to be able to swim, which I know most people are going to be pretty excited about that. Uh, but one of the things that people have already found out is that by jumping off the dock and swimming over instead of actually uh, flying over, um, they can actually swim to other people's islands and become on the beach, sell their turnips without having to pay for it. And uh, that's caused some controversy online as people are uh, considered sea thieves now, sea robbery or whatever you want to say. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that it's, it's allowing you to be able to stomp on uh, their flowers and also uh, reach you know, different areas, things that are already available for uh, the users on a, a shared sense. But uh, they can do that without having to, to pay to get in. So I guess that's interesting. Well, and, and normally with them paying to get in, they usually have like a fenced off area for like sell, sell, selling the turnips so that they don't like pick up some of the DIY uh, items that are out there or stomp on those flowers. So uh, what they're finding is there's no way to really stop this if they jump off the pier before they pay their toll because they could swim to anywhere on the island uh, that has a beach. So people are like, what am I going to do? Fence off my entire beach? And sometimes it's not even possible. So that's a pretty rough one. Sure, uh, Nintendo will make uh, some kind of patch for that. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So in other news, uh, there is coming up a Monster Hunter movie that is being made. So it is looks like it's continuing production because they actually released some pictures of it and some great pictures. What I, ah, I am not a fan usually of video game movies. 
Uh, especially since because so many times they're just not very true to the source. Right. In so many ways. And the one thing that I thought was very cool about these pictures is, boy, they got the giant weapons. And there's this just this great picture of Mia Jovovich holding up these two giant daggers because, I mean, and they're like glowing orange. They got orange electricity going across them. She's got a big old smile on her face. Uh, she actually said that she went with the dual blades because she experimented with different weapons during the game and she was able to kill more <laughs> monsters with those blades. That's I thought... I thought they looked really beautiful in an action sequence is also what she's, uh, you know, told empire. Uh, one of the people that, uh, one of the places that, uh, posted these uh, pictures and, and information. So I don't know. I think it's going to be worth at least checking out just for those giant weapons. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I'm hearing right now, it's screaming to me is just cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> but and I guess it, we'll have to wait to dragon con 2021 to experience I, that. <laughs> A double cosplay. People cosplaying characters in the Monster Hunter movie that is based off of Monster Hunter video game. That's yeah, we're going to come full circle. Who? Which? Are you from the movie or are you from the video game? I'm, yeah. you know, it's like the type of comic. Like, what are you, what are you actually <laughs> part of? <laughs> uh, so actually going back to another uh, thing we talked about earlier is uh, E3. Um, and now that we're here, uh, we have a good tweet that came out from uh, E3. Uh, yesterday and it said uh e3 exists hashtag thanks to video games and and we know that we will be back <gasps> so in terminator fashion uh entertainment software association has decided that e3 will be back next year gee shocker i mean <laughs> i mean the the only real shocker was that they didn't do an online event considering that how much Video content comes out of that show. I mean, every year, if you watch the people that cover it with the various, you know, IGN and Giant Bomb and GameSpot and all these people that go there, there's just tons of, you know, trailers and all this video. You would think that they would have been what that would have been one of the easier shows to be able to do online. Uh, if 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 they were going to do what they've been saying so many years, which is that they're trying to open it up more as a consumer event, as opposed to what it actually is and started being, which is an industry event where they're, you know, basically publishers are coming out and talking to uh, venues that are going to sell their and sell their product and, you know, trying to get orders for X amount of units and stuff like that. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, of course they're going to be back, but will the publishers care? Or will are, the people be going? Or will the people be going? I mean, the publishers spend like three, four, ten million dollars on these booths, you know, and it goes under their advertising budget. But they they're just they're just they're continuing to tell us about their games this year. Are they gonna need an E3? That is a question that we will have to answer next year. Yeah. Well, there's a uh announcement of a new game besides the Far Cry 6 that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Uh, it's actually uh, another in the Super Hot series. So if you're unfamiliar Super Hot, it is a first-person perspective game uh, where you can... Every time you move, time moves. If you stop, time slows to a crawl. So bullets slowly move towards you. So you can dodge out of the way, but as you start moving, they speed up again. 
So you, you have to survive each level and they are releasing super hot mind control delete. So not only did they announce it, but they announced it's going to be released next week. So they kept that one under their hat. And on top of everything else, if you purchased the original super hot, you're going to get this new one for free. Nice. Always good for free gaming. Always good for <laughs> free gaming. Now, do be careful about that. Uh, it does not count if you got it through a service such like uh, Xbox Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or something like that. If you got it free through one of those, that doesn't count as purchasing it. So you will not get this for free. But Super Hot tends to be a economically minded game. So it it's, uh, should be a reasonable price, I think. Cool. Uh, another news we've got, uh, Sony acquires minority stake of Epic $250 million. Uh, actually, uh, the article that I was reading is actually from IGN. Uh, they said Epic CEO Tim Sweeney uh, has said that Sony began discussing, discussing buying its $250 million stake in the Fortnite creator after the Unreal Engine 5 uh, PS5 demo explaining, I guess they like it. <laughs> um, responding to the concerns that they have with the financial arrangements made behind closed doors uh, to ensure the PS5 tech was used in the showcase for the Unreal 5 demo. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be huge, especially with PlayStation being able to have the Unreal Engine um, as as you know great as the engine is for multiple different things, even like fan made, like Legend of. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, like having that as a, as a remastered Unreal Engine kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see what happens with that. Um, if it's going to be a lot of new games that can come out with that new engine, it may be really pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in this, too, because when Sony had their PlayStation event and they were showing, you know, gameplay from a lot of their games, one of the things that they did is they had showcased Epic coming in and showing this technical demo. It wasn't a demo of a game. It wasn't a game at all. It was uh, just, you could move the character, uh, but they just played the video and it showed what it would look like for their engine running on a PlayStation 5. Now, it wasn't necessarily running on a PlayStation 5. It could have been a demo unit, a dev unit or something like that. Right. Um, but they, because they said, this is what it'll look like running on a PlayStation 5. And it was fantastic looking. It was just, it, they were talking about the you know, like millions of triangles, billions of triangles that it was pushing and all this stuff. Uh, and it, it wasn't a game though. So it was a very, you know, very structured tech demo as it moved through. But every time they talked about it, they just talked about PlayStation 5. PlayStation, well, they were on a PlayStation 5 event. But I mean, even after that, when people were tweeting them and, and you know, people, you know, news outlets were reaching out to them, they just kept saying PlayStation 5. And everybody was like, well, really? And, and then finally they broke down. And they said, well, yes, it's our engine. It's going to run on PC and on Xbox as well as PlayStation 5. Because, I mean, yeah, of course, they're going to build this thing to run on all of these devices. So Absolutely. it was really interesting that they kept saying PlayStation 5. Well, now we know because a $250 million deal does not come overnight. So that exactly. certainly was in the works 
when they got invited to show up for this. And I think they were just trying to be real careful and not mess up the deal that was going through. Yeah. And can we just take a moment to think about the fact that uh, Epic Games is just referred to as the Fortnite maker now? I think that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> and I even remember when uh, people were saying Fortnite wasn't even a real thing because they had been working on it for so many years before it was even a battle right. royale. Exactly. Um, so this next part is what we're going to get into checking our inbox and reviewing some emails that you guys have sent in. Yep. Let me uh, check the inbox really quick. But there's echoes, <laughs> echoes in here, sir. There's echoes. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely cobwebs. I, actually, right now, there there are no emails. Um, and the only way we can get emails is from you, the listener. So if, uh, if you guys have any questions or concerns or anything that you want us to even answer for you, just uh, general questions, um, feel free to give us an email at GOA which stands for, you know, got our attention, G-O-A at sasgaming.com. Yeah, and that's S-A-S-S gaming.com. So uh, that's pretty much all we have for the day. Uh, we want to thank you guys. And if you guys are listening to us on the podcast, uh, make sure to check out our live tw- uh, Twitch feed that we have every Thursday night. Uh, both our channels, we usually host each other. It's Phoenix underscore Nova with two N's. Um, I'm Zycia XYCIA. Uh, Thursday nights, and I think we're going to move the time to 9 p.m. Uh, to give us a little more time to cover some more of the news that looks like we're kind of pushing over now. Uh, so, um, yeah, if you guys like what you heard, please follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all the fun stuff, and uh, listen to us on whatever podcast uh, nation that you like to listen to. And uh, feel free to drop us an email again at GOA at sasgaming.com. And until next week, you guys have a great day. Yes, uh, talk at you next week, and thank you very much for listening. Have a good week. Stay safe. Thank you.